Good morning. My name is Maddie. Today we'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 9 from verses 2 to 7 and 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles up the back of the table and we welcome you to grab one. That's our gift to you. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and, establish, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 1 Peter 1, 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Christmas time reminds us that we are not responsible for hope. The birth of Jesus reminds us that we are not responsible for hope. Hope is that joyful expectation that something or someone will deliver for you. Now, I'm not sure how you walked in here today on this Christmas day. I'm not sure whether you walked in happy, whether you walked in sad. Some of you will have walked in happy because, you know, the turkey and the roast's on in the oven, the family's coming over, um, you're looking forward to a day filled with happiness and joy. Others of you are happy because, you know, the presents that you're going to open. Others of you are thankful for the presents that you've already opened. Others of you, if you've walked through the door, are feeling sad and, and, and overwhelmed. You're not going to see your family. You're not going to see your kids this Christmas. Others of you have walked in feeling overwhelmed and sad, but, but it doesn't quite show. But deep inside, there's, you're sad because you know that you're waiting for these doctor's results over the holiday period to find out what kind of treatment or, or whether you have cancer or whether you don't. But however you've walked in through the doors this morning, there is one thing I'm pretty certain of. And that is that every single one of us are betting our lives on something or someone to bring hope. We all come today betting our lives that something will deliver the joy and the hope that we need this Christmas. That will bring you the desires and the happiness that you've been chasing See, hope is that desire or that expectation that something special is going to happen and it will deliver it for you. You know, maybe today you're here and you, you're betting your life on your job. You're betting your life on your job that it's going to bring you hope and joy next year. Others of you may be betting your life on finding a relationship, getting married or finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Betting your life on it that it will bring you joy. Others of you are betting your life 
on maybe your kids, on your kids' education, their upbringing, their morals, that they will, you're betting your life that they will turn out and they'll get a law degree or become a doctor and that will bring you joy this Christmas. Because see, joy, I think, is closely tied to where you place your hope. Joy is closely tied to the things in life that you bet your life on. What's that something or someone in which you bet your life on? That's where you'll find joy. So I I don't know what 2024 has in store for you. I don't know what it's got in store for me today or for this year that comes. But I do know that our joy is closely tied to where we place our hope. What are you betting your life on this morning? What are you expecting that will deliver that joy? Christmas frees us and it reminds us that we are not responsible for hope. The baby in a manger, Jesus Christ. Jesus reminds us we're not responsible for it. And so today, what we've been doing as a church over the last couple of weeks is we've been pushing into joy, love, and today we're going to push into hope. And I have two things for us this morning. But before we get to that, the passage that we looked at, that we're going to look at hope from, is we're going back to a Bible passage that's about 700 years before the birth of Christ. A Bible passage that speaks of a promise, a Bible passage that speaks into despair and darkness. For unto us a child is born. Now those words, are they're spoken into a world that is dark and in despair. The backdrop to these words for the people of God is darkness. Their future doesn't look good. Tomorrow isn't hopeful and it's bad and filled with despair for the people of God. Now, Israel and Judah, the people of God, they're fearing being taken over by the Assyrians. Now, the Assyrians, about 700 BC, were the most powerful nation in the world. And they're knocking on the doorstep of this little country. They've already taken out Nephtali. They've taken out a few of the little villages and cities. They've already taken over things. And the Assyrians in the way that they did war, and the way that they did life was horrible and what they would do to their victims. And this promise of a child being born is spoken into that backdrop. A promise. Now, people are in despair at this time. The doomsdays, the conspiracy theorists, they're out in active force. And in the hope of Israel, they're losing it. They're, they're, they're freaking out. And, and, they, and it's a terrible, dark despaired place but not only is it dark both the good and the poor don't fear God they totally disregard God good things that were seen to be good are now seen to be evil and things that were seen to be evil are now seen to be good and it's really no different to the world that we live in today and Isaiah 9 speaks words of a promise they speak of hope in our darkness for unto us a child is born to us a son is given That's a promise that is made, that one day a child will be born, a king would come. And we stand here today in 2023, and from the Gospels, from the historical accounts of the New Testament, we know that that child is Jesus, that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. See, Christmas is a message of hope. It's a message of forgiveness, it's a message of salvation, and it's a message of eternal life to the full. Christmas reminds us of the hope of Jesus. Christmas reminds us that you and me are not responsible for hope. 
And so the hope of Christmas, I'm just going to share two things about the hope of Christmas this morning with us. And the first thing is we have hope in our despair. See, Christmas doesn't, Christmas doesn't remind us that we're strong. It actually reminds us that we're weak, not strong. That it reminds us there's hope for the weak, there's hope for the rebel, there's hope for the sinner, there's hope for the failure, there's hope for the wicked and the sinner who has gone far from God. Christmas reminds us that there is hope for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been walking the, the shopping centres of Sydney, well, just one, West Point, and, and one of those memories at Christmas time, as you walk the, the shopping centres, you have the music on in the background, and for me, as I hear the Christmas season, you have carols and you hear the words, and, and, and two people come to mind when I think of walking the shopping centres, Michael Buble and Mariah Carey. You know, when I, I, I picture them, I even, I even um, put a playlist last night on my iPhone for Michael Buble Christmas carols. But there's one carol that I, you know, I picture more, you know, you better be good. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout, which means don't frown. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. It's a song for kids. What a horrible song. Because that song places on kids the weight and expectation that they have to deliver hope. That you've got to be good to get this. Now, as parents, don't lie, like, don't lie you've done the same thing, right? If you, want, if you want an Xbox for Christmas, Jimmy, you better not fight with your brother. You know, if, if, you want, if you want those colouring in pencils and, and, and that mermaid, well, you better not argue with your sister over the Christmas holidays, right? That's what we do. But that's not the hope of Christmas. If anything, that's religion and an ideology that leaves us in despair. It's not good news. It's actually bad news. It actually places the weight of saying to kids, you know, if you're bad, you can't get this, but you only get good things. You only get a good gift if you do good things. In a way, it's a song that's designed to make you bet your life on yourself. And I think the song speaks of how we deep down really feel. Maybe you've walked in today hoping that you are good enough. I think most people hope that they are good enough. But see, the baby Jesus, this promise doesn't come because Israel's been nice. It's because they've been naughty. It doesn't come to them because they've been good, but because they've been bad. Christmas happens because of the darkness and the sin in this world that we have contributed towards our own sin and the gift of Christmas comes not because we've been good but because God has stepped in see Christmas reminds us that God moves towards us not the other way it's not that God brings us xboxes for Christmas and 20 pairs of socks and makeup and chocolates now as, as significant as those things are he didn't come for that he came primarily firstly for, for the forgiveness for our forgiveness and for salvation that's the hope of Christmas. 
See, verse 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. He will be called, like we get this idea, we get, to get a picture of who this child is. He's going to be a wonderful counsellor. That means he's wondrous, he's inspiring, he's awesome. It means that he has wisdom beyond all measure. He has the best help advice, he has the best ideas, he has the best strategies. And because he's the wonderful counsellor, and the reason he can be the wonderful counsellor is because he's also the mighty God. The eternal one, the all-powerful one, the one who created the universe, the one who has power over creation, the one who speaks and upholds the universe by his word. Jesus, who was born, the mighty God, both fully God and fully man, who grows up and he can speak and he can give hearing to the deaf. He can give sight to the blind. He can, he can turn bread and make it into thousands of pieces of bread, and he can speak a couple of words, and the wind and the waves and the ocean instantly listen to him. Wouldn't you want to bet your life on someone like that? He's an everlasting father. Now, that's not a functional term, it's a relational term. Relationally. This man is a friend, he, he's, he's got your best interests in mind. It's a relational thing, it's, it's not just him in the sky, no, it's, it's relational, but then at the same time, he's actually the Prince of Peace. He's the, he brings peace and he's the owner of peace. And he can bring peace between us and God today. See, that the reason that you and me are often betting our lives on other things, the reason we often are betting our lives and hoping that our job, that our new car, our new house, our new family, our new, our new sporting gear, our new Xbox, our new games, is because of a result of us saying, you know what, God, we don't think you've got our best interests in mind and we sin. And so far we're disconnected between a holy and righteous, a pure holy and, and the, the always right God. We've, we've, we've said, no, we don't think you're right. And so in our sin, we go to everything else and bet our lives on it that it will bring us the hope and the joy that we want. And Romans tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, have you noticed that sin can't deliver? It just ends up, at the time, it feels like it's, you're betting your life and it's bringing you a sense of joy, but in the end, it will lead to death. But God can bring life. See, the reason Israel's in darkness and rebellion is because they've rebelled against God. But in God's incredible character and his nature and his passion and his glory and his fame he solves our problem for us in fact he solves our greatest problem which is sin see our impeding death is a result of us but how does he bring peace if he's the prince of peace how does he bring peace well he brings peace by going to a cross for us he he brings peace by laying his life down living the perfect life that you and me could not live in the way that we bet our lives on material things and other people to bring us hope and joy and satisfaction, Jesus always did the will of his Father. He lived the perfect life that we could not live and he was crucified on a cross in our place so that the punishment that was ours was poured on him. And he was buried and he was raised on the third day to show us that he's had victory over sin and death and that we can be justified by faith in him and he's ruling and reigning as king forever now. 
the one who can bring us life everlasting. So you can't have Christmas without Easter and you can't have the manger without a wooden cross. See, Jesus was born to die and to be raised. He was born to lay his life down so that he could bring us life. See, Christmas is a message of hope. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of forgiveness. And it's a message of life everlasting. And you're not responsible for hope. You know, maybe you're here today and you're swimming, you're sort of summing up the courage. You're looking deep within yourself that you believe that if I could just do a little bit more and accomplish a little bit more, then I will find and find the hope that I need. But notice who accomplishes it in verse 7. You're not responsible, but look, look who accomplishes it. Christmas tells us that the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. It's not Israel, it's not you. We're not putting hope and betting our lives in ourselves or anything else, but the zeal of the Lord is going to bring about this. So no matter how big your unbelief is, no matter how big your past has been, no matter how dark and rebellious you have been, God's passion for his glory means that he is passion for salvation. And no matter how big your life and mess is, his passion for salvation is bigger. You cannot defeat his zeal and his passion to bring this about. Therefore, we can have hope in him. See, Christmas reminds us of, that we have hope in our despair. But finally, it also reminds us that we have hope waiting for tomorrow. We have hope waiting for tomorrow. Regardless of the season that you're in right now, what, what the weather's like, no matter how dark the valley is that you're walking through right now, Christmas assures us God is always faithful and we can wait in the midst of what we're going through now for tomorrow. See, not only do we find great joy as we look back this Christmas at Jesus in a manger, as we look back to the Easter and the cross, we can actually, that causes us to look forward to when Christ returns. Now, on a Tuesday night, I hear these words, Dahl, can you take the wheelie bins out? It's Tuesday night. My response, yes, yes, babe, I'll do it in 30 seconds. The next morning I wake up, I hop up out of bed, I go turn the coffee machine on and I hear, hey, babe, have you taken the wheelie bins out? Now, the, re the reason I get asked that question is because it's a 50-50 of whether I've taken it out or not. Right, my track record of taking the wheelie bins out as I've promised isn't crash hot. I'm not faithful to that promise. But God's track record is 100% to what he says will happen. God promised back in Genesis chapter 3 that he would send the seed of Eve, a child who would grow up to crush Satan's head. 2 Samuel chapter 7 speaks of a king who would come and be born, who will rule forever and ever. Isaiah chapter 9 speaks of a child who would be born, who would be the prince of peace and bring peace between us and God. And we get to Luke chapter 2 and the time of Caesar Augustus and guess who was born? Jesus. God is faithful to his promises. And if God is faithful 100% to that incredibly life-altering, history-making moment... It means that the promises that are smaller that he's made for the future 
are going to happen 100%. And so no matter what you're feeling right now, whether it's dark or whether it's happy, it doesn't matter what situation you are in, we can know for certain that God will keep his promises. If God has fulfilled Christmas, he's going to fulfill the future. See, I don't know what dark valley you are in right now. I don't know what doctor's appointments you may have or what relationship struggles you are facing, but the birth of Jesus assures us that God is faithful to his promises. See, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us a living hope. He's given us new life. He's born us again. He's given us a living hope, which is an expectant hope. It's not just like, I hope it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And what's he going to bring us? He's going to bring us an inheritance that's never going to perish, spoil, or fade. It'll be never corrupted by sin. It will never be marred by evil. And it will never decay because of rust. And the hope that we have of that future in the midst of our pain and our suffering now that is our source of hope, is Jesus. He has a name. See, joy is tightly close to the place you place your hope. What are you betting your life on today is what you'll get joy from. See, here's the problem with seeking happiness. You can't be happy in cancer, but you can have a deep-seated joy because of the hope of Christ. You can't be happy in death or the death of a loved one, but you can have deep-seated joy because of your hope in Christ. You, you, you can't find happiness in a broken relationship or a marriage that's on the rocks, but you can have a deep-seated joy because of the hope of Jesus. We try to create, we try to work for hope, we try to find hope, but we are not responsible for hope. And how freeing that is for us today, as parents, as as grandparents, or as adults, to freeing to know that you're not responsible for the hope of your kids. You aren't to bet your life on them. Doesn't that free you as a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or as a wife, that, that you can't bet your life that your husband or your wife is going to bring you the joy that you need? Doesn't that free you if you're in year tw- going into year 12 this year for the HSC next year? That, you know, maybe illness comes along and you can't get it done. It won't deliver, but Christ will deliver. And so in those moments at Christmas, we're pointed back to Christ. See, as we look back to Jesus in a manger, it allows us to wait now in our present sufferings and despair. You can bet your life on a present. You can bet your life on a husband. You can bet your life on a job. You can bet your life on the gym. And it will suck you dry eventually. So your joy is closely connected to where you place your hope, what you bet your life on. And I wonder if some of you are so busy at this time of year that you've forgotten the hope of Christmas. Maybe today you're not a Christian. Maybe you come here because mum and dad have asked you to. Maybe you've, come, you've actually come and walked through the doors of your own will. Maybe you're so busy hoping that your job or a relationship will deliver that you've missed Jesus altogether. Maybe you picture Jesus as this sort of ogre in the sky who's ready to pounce on you, but you've missed the, the passion and the zeal of the almighty God who wants to pursue you for salvation. Christmas, for you, means that you can back your life on Jesus. 
The birth of Jesus means you can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your future. And so why wouldn't you want to do that today? And I wonder maybe for the rest of us, I wonder if this Christmas, as the year's gone on, I wonder, where, well, I wonder whether we've drifted from where we've placed our hope. I wonder if, yes, at the beginning, we, we, we bet our lives on Jesus, but as the year goes on, we start to shift and we start to bet our lives on different things that won't end up delivering. Because some of you have walked in here today with the weight of the world on your shoulders and you're just trying to lift it off you under your own strength. Others of you are betting your life on holding the family together this Christmas. Others of you are betting your life on just holding it together and you just go, I just want one more month of this. If I can just get through one more month, then I'll find joy and hopefully it'll get better. Others of you have walked in here with great despair and guilt and shame, trying to put it right yourself and it just overweighs you too much. All those places are places you're placing and betting your life on. But Christmas, Christmas reminds us of the passion of God. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die for us. And whoever believes, for those, if you want to receive that, you believe and trust in Christ. It's basically you bet your life on him and go, I've got nothing. I bring nothing. I can't do anything. And you turn to him and you just trust him that he's the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. See, it reminds us of the passion of God and his zeal, that hope has come and it's come in Jesus. Christmas means you can back your life on God's promises and that he'll keep his word and faithful to his promises. But Christmas also reminds us that we are not responsible for hope today. Hope's not a feeling. Hope's not an object or a place, but it's a person Hope has a name, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reminder this Christmas of the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, itch it into our hearts, into our minds. And so, Father, Lord, as we face 2024 with whatever it brings our way, Lord, we know that you're faithful to your promises because you brought Jesus You've given us salvation in Jesus. You've given us the hope of Christ's return and we look forward to that, Father. And so, Father, may we have a great, deep-seated sense of joy today, whether we're happy or sad, whether it's dark or bright, because our life is in Christ. Amen.